we're just going to continue talking about some of the end time stuff today. We're going to kind of hit the Great Tribulation period and what that is and some of the stuff that gets talked about in it. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and start. But first, let me pray and we can get going. So, dear Lord, we just give you this time, Lord. We pray that you would open our hearts and minds through your spirit, Lord, that we can understand and know what you have to say to us through your word. Lord, let us understand that your word is active and living, Lord, and that it has the power to change our lives. Lord, just as prayer does in communicating with you, Lord, you communicate to us through your word. So, Lord, would you uh, just speak to us, Lord, and show us what you have for us today. Lord, just as uh, we ask you would do every day. Lord, we pray that you would uh, be with us in this time, be with us in, in this evening. Lord, just uh, guide and direct us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Matthew, do I need to give a little bit of a recap, or you guys kind of remember what we talked about a little bit? Yeah. Okay. So, in small recap, you know. Jesus is coming back and he's talking about what that's going to look like. So <laughs> so in Matthew 24, verse 15 is where I'm going to start. And I'll probably stop there also for a minute. So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, just a little throw in there. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. So. Real quick, let's, I'm going to jump over to Daniel. You guys don't have to jump over there, too. I can real quick read it for you. What it says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. This is where, this is what Jesus is referencing. And this is in light of the end times and what Daniel's vision was of all that. So 920, Daniel 9.27. He will make a firm covenant with many for one week. That's the Antichrist. And now when it says one week, a week is basically talking about a seven-year period. So it, the time back then was weird. So we just finally, we've come to understand what these things mean. Um, so one week is a seven-year period. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifices and offerings. So the Antichrist, he comes into power. He is the one who has the temple rebuilt. So the third temple. So there's been two temples already, and there's a third temple on the way. And they already have the plans for it. They're just trying to get everything lined up for when this political and religious leader comes into power. And so for one week, he's going to make a peace treaty. He's going to be the guy that ushers in the peace in the Middle East, um, which affords them the ability to rebuild this temple, which will probably take about three years. Well, in the middle of this week or the seven year period, so at three and a half years, he will break this covenant. He will break the peace treaty and he will, as what it says here, and the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the decreed destruction is poured out on the desolator. So he sets up an image of himself to be worshipped. So what it's talking about here is that there is a idol that he sets up in the temple, most likely in the Holy of Holies, if not somewhere outside that it can be seen by everyone. And he will tell people, you have to worship this. You have to take my mark and you have to worship 
this image. And Jesus is basically warning us not to do this. This is why we get this whole talk about end times. You know, and he says, when you see this, flee. If you're in Jerusalem, get out. Because I'm about to come back and I'm going to rain down on this guy. So the man, and it goes into kind of give a little more description of what needs to happen for the people that are in the area. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house saying, don't go grab stuff, don't go back. Just like at Sodom and Gomorrah mm -hmm. said, do not look back. You know, don't look back from what you're being delivered from. It's a pretty good concept in our own lives. We can learn from the past, but we don't have to look back at it and dwell on it. You know, and a man in the field must not go back to get his coat. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. That's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, in that time, it's going to be hard. Like during the tribulation, it's going to be hard. You have God's judgment and wrath coming onto the earth and people who are unrepentant. And so I wouldn't want to be carrying an infant when all this is happening. You know, so it makes sense that Jesus would say this. Pray that your escape may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. Um, for at that time, there will be great distress, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now and never will again. So think about the flood. The flood destroyed the earth, even changed the, the, the topography of the earth. You know, mountains were moved. Other things were like, as the water's draining, you had Grand Canyon formed. Like that can only happen from water receding at a, such a fast rate. It doesn't take the millions of years that they say it took. When you actually do the science and look at the changes in the dirt, it's because there was a flood and the way that the flood came out and drained it changed the typography so much, not to mention how the flood actually came about. You had spouts from the deep that opened and started coming up from the from under the earth. Okay. So it wasn't just the rain, but it was also the geysers under the earth. Oh, and as bad as that was, Jesus says this is going to be worse. I mean, because there's going to be things we don't understand, right? There's going to be like, you're going to see angels and these different things coming from different areas and these different plagues, locusts that look like scorpions with lion's heads and tails that sting and make him make you want to die, but you can't die. People will try to kill themselves and they can't, you know, it's going to be actually, that would be awesome. I would love to see that. <laughs> you know, you know, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff, and it's going to be pretty hardcore. I mean, if we, if we go into Revelation and start reading the different judgments and wraths being poured out, you're going to see how crazy it is. And so some of you that have gone into Revelation, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Unless those days were cut short, no one would be saved, but those days will be cut short because of the elect. Jesus, Jesus is literally saying he's going to make time go faster in a way because parts of the sun parts of the moon are going to actually be darkened so days and nights are going to seem faster and they're going to go by quicker you know 
So much will be happening around us, we probably won't even be paying attention to how fast things are going. If anyone tells you, see, here is the Messiah, or over here, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. All right, let me stop there. This, if possible, isn't in every translation. However, Jesus is saying that, yo, you can be led astray. You can be deceived by these false messiahs and false prophets because they're going to do incredible signs and wonders. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that demons can't perform signs and wonders that are good because they masquerade as angels of light. But they're not. Everything they do is a counterfeit. So these are counterfeit miracles. These are counterfeit things to make us look at them and go, Ooh, and so many people will. So many people will be led astray. Even people who are, who are genuinely following Christ, they will end up being deceived. And that's why Jesus is talking about it, so that we'll know, hey, we were warned about this. Let's not listen to that. And, and so we need to just take this to heart. Take note that I have told you in advance, see? Jesus told us in advance so that if so, if they tell you, see, he is in the wilderness, do not go out or see he's in the storeroom. Do not believe it for as lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west. So will the coming of the son of man, wherever the carcass is there, the vulture will gather. Jesus is saying his return is going to be extremely visible. And, you know, some people believe this so well that even there's two TV stations that are Christian TV stations that have cameras pointed at the sky above the Mount of Olive because that's where Jesus is supposed to return to because that's where he ascended from. And the angels in Acts said where he ascended from, he will descend back to. He comes back to the same mountain that he left from. And so these news stations have live video feeds of this sky. Just running. just running. Constantly filming. Because they want it to be visible. But Jesus, I believe, can do miraculously cause everyone in the world to see this. Yeah. You know? He can make you see it. Like, you're going to see, what is this blinding light coming from the other side of the earth? And it's Jesus. Right. You know, assuming America is still here at the time. Which probably won't be. Um, so immediately after, so Jesus is saying, think, think past the tribulation now. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the sign of the son of man will appear in the sky. And then all the peoples of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send out his angels with a loud trump trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. <clears throat> Jesus just described his own return. So you're going to hear the trumpets, huh? You're going to hear the final trumpet. And it's going to be heard all over the world. 
Oh man, I mean, come on, it's the trumpet of God. You're going to hear it. Hey, if I'm like a town when that blast goes off, you know, when there's an emergency. Oh yeah. Probably going to be like one of those cars. Probably something, something around that. So now, I was going to real quick go over, where is it? So now, in Revelation, it has the, the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets. Like, these are all, all different judgments, different wraths being poured out. And they're all happening simultaneously. You probably don't realize that when you're just reading Revelation, because people like to read Revelation and they think that it's all things that are ha- happening consecutively in order. Revelation is not in order. It is not chronologically in order. It's chronologically in how John wrote it and how he saw things, but he was he was all over the map when he was getting shown stuff. But I want to read the seventh bowl because I think this is a great thing, and then we might even read the seventh trumpet because the sixth seal, the seventh trumpet, and the seventh bowl are all pictures of the end. Revelation 6. Or Revelation, this is going to be Revelation 16. Starting at verse 17. You guys don't want to get there. You don't have to. Um, I'm going to read it. Then the seventh poured. So this is an angel. Seventh poured out his bowl, bowl into the air. And a loud voice came from the temple. So this is the temple of God in heaven. From the throne saying, this is God speaking. It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings and peals of thunder. And a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth so great was the quake the the great city split into three parts and the cities of the nations fell babylon the great was remembered by god remembered in god's presence he gave her a cup filled with the with the wine of his fierce anger every island fled and the mount and mountains Disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing a hundred pounds, fell from the sky on people, and they blasphemed God for the plagues, for the plague of the hell, because the plague was extremely severe. So think about it: hundred-pound hailstones coming from the sky at Jesus' appearance at the final trumpet, when Jesus is beginning his descent from heaven. You have 100-pound hailstones. And we read that people hide. They hide in the mountains, under the rocks, in caves to get away from him. It's also to get away from the hailstones that he's throwing down. And other places that these hailstones can be described as hailstones that are blood and on fire. Like, this is radical stuff. Like this is this is the end and the return of Jesus. So it's really the beginning of the millennium. Let me see if I can find this seven. Well, here's the sixth seal. So real quick, let's read this. Let's just get a few references. What do you think? So in Revelation six twelve, 
Then I saw him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell from the earth as fig trees drop its unripe figs when, sh when shaken by high winds. The sky was split apart like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the generals, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? Let's see here. Let's go to the seventh trumpet. Where are you? Here's the seventh trumpet. See how these all, all tie together in Revelation 11:15. The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there was, there were loud voices in heaven saying, "The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and His Christ." And he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, Lord God, the Almighty, who is and who was. Notice here that a lot of times it used to be who is, who was, and who is to come. They took that part out. The 24 elders took that part out because at this point, Jesus is returned. <clears throat> what is in that's how he, that's how it is before he's they they tend to say what yeah who was because he has always been. I am who I am. Yeah. Is so yes it was here's what it was who is so who is so because he is who was because he always has been and is to come. They omit that in the song. Is to come because here he's returning. He is returning at this point. So let me finish that one. Because you have taken your great power and you have begun to reign. So that's the beginning of the millennial, millennial reign of Christ. The nations were angry, but your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged and to give the reward to the servants of the prophets, to the saints and to those who fear your name, both small and great and the t both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened and the ark of his covenant appeared in the in his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder, and an earthquake, and, a, and severe hail. Notice, they all describe the exact same event. That's how you know that the seals, the bowls, and the trumpets are all describing the same things, but in different ways. That's how you know they're happening at the same time. And so, like I said, that's where we see that these the people on the earth are saying hide us, hide us, destroy us. I don't care. We don't want to have to put up with this guy coming on the clouds. And they blaspheme God because of the different wrath and judgment that's coming down. 
but they're all designed to cause them to repent. I'm going to go a little bit over, guys, since most of you were late, if that's okay. Not too much longer, I promise. You know, but Jesus is saying, look, I'm coming back and people are going to be mad about it and people are going to try to stand against me and they're not going to be able to. I mean, as we go further into things, you know, you get a, an actual picture of Jesus. Like it's a radical view of, of Jesus when he is returning. And we'll get to that part probably next time. I think Stephen, Steve probably wants to preach tomorrow, but the next time we're going to talk about Jesus and his return. You know, and what, what we need to look, what we're going to be seeing when he returns. It's radical. I mean, it's really cool. But, you know, everything that Jesus is giving us here, he's giving us so that we can be ready, right? So that we can actually see these things coming. I mean, there are things right now that we could be looking at. You know, and I'm still trying to find some of the most reliable like websites and stuff to look at for biblical prophecy and stuff. Because that's what you have here. Jesus is giving, he's prophesying about things that are going to be happening. And he's giving us things that we should be looking for. So, and I guess really the last part here is that he's coming with power. Coming with power. When he came to the earth the first time, he didn't come in power. He came as a humble servant, ready to lay down his life. He had power. He could have taken a whole lot more power. He even, what did, what did he tell Pilate? I could call down a legion of angels that'll come and, and protect me if I wanted to. Easily. I mean, at his birth, a legion of angel appear, appeared to the, to the shepherds and started singing. A legion. And a legion is supposed to be 10,000 or more. You know, you're talking 10,000 angels showed up to sing praises to Jesus at his, at his birth. You know, and so he comes in power this time. I mean, this is going to be scary for the unbelieving. This is going to be really something to behold for us. Like whether we're still on the earth walking, living and breathing, or we are joining him in the resurrection because we've already passed on. You know, whichever way it happens, we get to see Jesus return as he comes down and we go up to meet him. And it says we reign with him on the earth for a thousand years. You know what? You know what? Huh? It should make it even more scarier for the unbelieving so they have to, you know, just scare the heck out of them before they go to heaven because they didn't believe them. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, I mean, the thousand year reign is not heaven yet. Oh. It's a thousand, it's a literal time of a thousand years of, right. of us reigning with Christ on earth. What? Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. One question before yeah. we close this: uh, Is it true that the people that are condemned to hell haven't been in hell yet? Is that true? With where they'll live? They're in Hades. And then, so when so, do they go to hell when Jesus comes back down? Yes, at the great no, at the great white throne judgment, which is after the thousand year reign. The lake of fire. 
the lake of fire, that is hell. And there's just more and more out there. I mean, I already knew that, that's why I asked the question, but, you know, I... I no, some people would probably tell you, yes, they're in hell. Well, no, they're in a form of hell. Okay. This is kind so of where... They haven't begun to burn yet. Well, they're in torment now. They are already in torment. Jesus gave us that when he talked about the rich man and Lazarus. Okay. You know, that there, are, there was two sides to Hades, or Sheol, whichever way you want to say it. Sure. So, in Sheol, there was... Abraham's bosom, which was the side of perfection, and everything was almost like, the, was basically the Garden of Eden. Eden, And then there's this great chasm that nobody can cross. But you can see either side. You just can't cross it. And then on the other side is torment. The rich man was like, send Lazarus to even just put a drop of water on my tongue so I can feel some sort of relief from this torment and heat. There's a video out there somewhere that Russian scientists bored into the earth until it was hollow. They put a microphone down there yeah, and um, they say you can hear screams it's, uh, and torment. It's reptilians. It's crazy. It's reptilians. No, Hades, Hades and Abraham's bosom were actually in the earth. There are real places in the earth. We don't know where. We don't know how to get there, which is probably a good thing. Google it. I watched hours and hours of it. No, seriously, it is crazy. I it it it, it would probably it will freak you out. That's for sure. Because you can hear the screams of people that are in torment, and you're like, how? Where is that coming from? And now you have an understanding that it's Hades. The souls of people who did not follow Jesus or give their lives in faith to a coming Messiah, that's where they went and that's where they currently are. Until death and Hades gives up its dead at the great white throne judgment. And then they will be cast into hell, which is the second death. Uh -huh. This is why we have... As believers, a tremendous job to do. It's a lot of work, man. Spread the good news. Exactly. To spread the gospel of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And eventual return. You know, and one thing, real quick, that I wanted to say is that here, in verse 29, Matthew 24, 29, it says immediately after. I don't know how many of you guys have ever heard the doctrine of the pre-tribulation rapture, Jesus just crushed it. Jesus crushes that doctrine right there because he says, after the distress of those days, after the tribulation. So for me personally, because of what the Bible says and what Jesus said himself, I am a post-tribulation, pre-millennial -pre rapture believer. So I believe that believers are here during the tribulation period. However, God does say we are divinely protected through it from him, not from humans. We will still be persecuted and put to death by human hands, not by God, because we're not appointed to wrath. You know, so if, if you want to dig deeper into the pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, teachings, go for it, but understand that Jesus says 
All of that happens after. He returns after the tribulation. A lot of teaching today says it's before, and it's a recipe for apostasy, and apostasy is turning from the faith. So many people believe that it's going to be a pre-tribulation rapture that when it doesn't happen, they're going to fall away. And that's hard to know. And that's why we have a job to do. We're believers. We need to be out there proclaiming the gospel. Father God, thank you for the blessings we have. Uh, we thank you for this mission. We thank you for the staff member that, um, that helped run the mission. We thank you for the food that we get to eat from others that love Christ and love Christ. Love shows through them. And we just, we just thank you for the good news and we thank you for the word. And we thank you for uh, all the things we get to do every day. And we say things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.